Well, good morning to you. It is Friday, April 21st, 2023. Friday, April 21st, 2023. Slava Ukraine, Heroium Slava. Don't forget, it's Friday, so look for the Friday flaming bag of crap left on your doorstep today. That's when politicians throw something out there in the Friday news, hoping that it'll disappear in the 24-hour newscast and you won't hear about it. It could be in the form of a Supreme Court decision on Mifepristone. I'm wondering if that's why they delayed it until Friday. So it would go out there and nobody would cover it. Like that would happen. Anyway, PVTV, Political Views TV Podcast. That's what you Google to find me. Uh, tell your friends to Google Political Views TV Podcast and I'll show up right at the top of the search. Man, do I appreciate you so much. Have I told you how much I appreciate you for coming every day? It's very nice of you. Thank you. Uh, If you can, bring someone with you uh, today or this weekend. That would be awesome. And you can tweet to me. Questions, insights, or come fight with me at Cyberclops, C-Y-B-E-R-C-L-O-P-S on the Twitter. As long as I'm still around on Twitter. Uh, Who knows? With all this Twitter stuff going around. Blue checks disappearing today, by the way. Blue checks have disappeared today uh, of a lot of people who said, eh, I'm not going to pay. That's what's starting to happen. <laughs> uh, there's no blue check next to my name. I can't afford it. So let's start with uh, the Ukraine-Russia uh, war. Oops. Let's start with that. A Russian warplane dropped a bomb on a city of more than 400,000 people yesterday in Russia, leaving a crater about 40 meters, 130 feet across, uh, blowing a car onto a roof and damaging buildings in what the state media called an accidental or emergency release of on-air ordinance, of air ordinance, rather. Uh, This was in Belgorod, and we've talked about Belgorod uh, many times, just like 20 miles over the border there or something like that. A Russian Su-35 aircraft, a twin-engine fighter bomber, was performing a flight over the city of Belgorod, uh, about 25 miles uh, inside the border with Ukraine, when the accidental uh, drop of munition took place. Tass quoted the Russian Defense Ministry as saying at around 22.15, for you uh, that are not militarily inclined, that's about 10.15 p.m., Moscow time on April 20th when an Su-34 plane of the Russian Aerospace Forces was performing a flight above the city of Belgorod. An emergency release of an air ordinance occurred. Uh, Vyacheslav Gladkov, governor of the Belgorod region, said it happened at the intersection of one of the central streets, leaving a huge impact crater with a radius of 20 meters. So somebody said 40 meters, somebody else said 20 meters. I don't know. The large explosion left two women injured. Uh, Gladkov said in a Telegram post that damage was documented in four units of an apartment building on Shalandan Street in Belgorod. According to uh, U.S. uh, Defense Department officials, American-made Abrams tanks Ukrainians will use for training will arrive in Germany in the next few weeks, allowing soldiers to begin learning to use the much-anticipated armor. U.S. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin is expected to announce the move today at a press conference after the 11th meeting of the Ukraine Defense Contact Group. Probably already has 
because it's you know we're they're they're like what are they twelve hours ahead there or something I forget how how far eight eight nine hours ten hours I don't know something like that uh, the M excuse me the thirty one M one A one Abrams tanks uh, a, a Ukrainian uh, uh, battalion's worth will arrive at Grafenwur training area in Germany by mid to late May. And the training will begin a week or two later after the tanks go through a maintenance period. And, and you know what? The the army is always, always, when you learn equipment, the first thing you learn, before you learn to fire a gun, you learn, you, I mean, I mean, real training of firing a gun. Uh, you learn how to take it apart and put it together. Same thing with equipment. You learn how to work on it. So lots of maintenance. And the tanks require a lot of maintenance. But the tanks that Ukrainian armed forces will train on in Germany are different from the ones that will eventually arrive in Ukraine for use on the battlefield. A DOD official added, noting that those are still being refurbished. The training on how to operate and maintain the Abrams is expected to take up to 10 weeks and may include instruction on how to maneuver in combat. Can't wait till they get this freaking Abrams tanks up against Russian soldiers. Um, Japan's Kyoto News uh, has reported, citing Japanese government sources, the group of seven countries, the G7, are considering a near-total ban on exports to Russia. Remember, the G7 used to be the G8 until Russia was kicked out for invading Crimea. A blue, in 2014, a Bloomberg also reported that the United States and Ukraine allies were considering an outright ban on most exports to Russia. Japan's chief cabinet secretary, Hirokazu Matsuno, said, What is important for ending Russia's aggression as soon as possible is that G7 remains united for severe sanctions against Russia and strong support for Ukraine. Yesterday, NATO chief Jen Stoltenberg while in uh, Ukraine, declared that Ukraine's rightful place is in NATO and pledged more support for the country. Uh, The Kremlin has given various justifications for going to war, but repeated yesterday that preventing Ukraine from joining NATO is still a key goal of its invasion, arguing that Kyiv's membership in the alliance would pose an existential threat to Russia. Tough noogies. Not your decision. It's not your country. Uh, As spring rain in Ukraine, the rain in Ukraine turns the soil into mud. I'm sorry, it doesn't rhyme. It doesn't rhyme. Uh, The spring rain turns soil in the mud impossible for troops and heavy weaponry in Ukraine. I mean, they they turn into a muddy mess. Uh, Ukraine is amassing fresh forces trained to use new Western arms, and its long-promised counteroffensive seems pretty close. And let me just say, finding Ukraine news today was not easy, and that might be because there is a news blackout, which would mean it's happening soon. Prime Minister uh, Denis uh, Schmigel said last week, we are confident the counteroffensive is taking, uh, is taking place in the nearest future. The U.S. absolutely supports us. I personally, okay, this is me speaking. 
I truly believe the Ukraine counterattack will partially be centered on taking Zaporizhia and Melitopol, then taking out the Kerch Strait Bridge between Crimea and Russia completely. Remember, that bridge was uh, partially taken out um, uh, last fall, and Russia has been rebuilding it. Uh, the reason I think this is because those locations, Zaporizhia and Melitopol, are not really being mentioned by experts. And you'd think experts would not be telling Russia what might be going on. I'm pretty sure Russia doesn't listen to me. I wish they would. Wouldn't it be nice if I was called out by Russia? Then suddenly everybody would want to listen to me. According to the Air Force of the Ukrainian Armed Forces, at least 12 drones were launched on the Ukrainian city uh, capital of Kiev uh, early uh, uh, this morning. Ukraine's air defense destroyed eight of the drones, which the military said were launched from the Bryansk region of Russia. Moving on, now that I have your attention, let's actually move on and try and fix the rest of the world. And let's start. I mean, I got a lot of good stuff for you today. D despite the fact there's not much Russian news in the last couple of, excuse me, uh, Ukraine war news in the last couple of days. Yesterday, Oh, yeah, we got lots of good stuff today. Yesterday, calls for impeachment against Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas intensified after reporting that revealed several specific conflicts of interest related to the justice's financial ties to uh, the right-wing Republican megadonor Harlan Crow. In an interview with the Dallas Morning News on Monday, Harlan Crow admitted that every single relationship has some kind of reciprocity. And, and let's face it, he's right. You scratch my back, I scratch your back, I buy you dinner, you go home with me. I, you know, there's all sorts of things like that. Then yesterday, The Guardian reported on findings in the judicial record which showed Crow's ties to right-wing groups that have been involved in Supreme Court cases since Thomas was first confirmed to the bench in 1991. Billionaire Harlan Crow was part of an anti-taxation group club uh, club for uh, it, it was called Club for Growth Founders Committee, which helped direct its uh, policy making in uh, 2003 when the group filed an amicus or an amicus, depending on who you are, brief challenging the McCain-Feingold Act, a campaign finance reform law. When the court permitted the law to stand against the wishes of Club for Growth and other right-wing groups. There was a blistering dissent that was written. Guess who wrote the dissent? Tick tock, tick tock. If you said Clarence Thomas, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> Crow also held seats on the boards of at least three right-wing organizations that have written am amicus briefs in the uh, Supreme Court cases. Uh, he's, he is a longtime trustee of the Conservative American Enterprise Institute, which has filed numerous supporting briefs, and is on the board of the Hoover Institution, which filed an amicus brief challenging the student debt relief. Democratic Senator Sheldon Whitehouse from Rhode Island uh, said that Thomas Thomas's involvement with Crow raises questions not only about whether the billionaire has businesses business before the court. Nowadays, it's consorting with those whose business is the court, who are deeply enmeshed in 
the efforts to capture and corrupt the court. And that is what's going on, right? Fascism, corporations working towards controlling government. Okay, you don't need to control all of government. You just need to control the court. Then the court will get you control of the rest of the government. Uh, several progressives have demanded that Thomas be impeached as the latest alleged ethics breach has come to light amid ongoing outcry regarding the justice's refusal to re recuse himself from casing involving the January 6th uh, insurrection and the 2020 election, which his wife, right-wing sociopath activist Jenny Thomas, pushed to overturn uh, the election she pushed to overturn. Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington, crew, we love them, doubled down on a call for an investigation into Thomas, Thomas both by the Supreme Court and by the U.S. Department of Justice, saying the Department of Justice is the only agency positioned to truly hold Thomas accountable because Thomas's conduct is more than unethical. It's likely criminal. But Crew also said accountability through the legal system in this case is likely to be slow and limited and suggested Congress hold impeachment proceedings against Thomas. Senate Judiciary Committee Chair Dick Durbin from Illinois announced this month that he plans to hold a hearing on May 2nd regarding ethics at the Supreme Court and yesterday called on Chief Justice John Roberts to testify. Durbin wrote in a letter to Roberts, Roberts, the time has come for a new public conversation on ways to restore confidence in the court's ethical standards. I invite you to join it, and I look forward to your response. But now more problems caused by Dianne Feinstein. We have to get Roberts to come testify. Democrats currently lack subpoena power on the committee due to her absence. Yesterday, crew, of course, Citizens Responsibility and Ethics in Washington said, the lack of options for real accountability highlights why we so desperately need robust judicial ethics reform now. It is outrageous that the Supreme Court doesn't have a binding code of conduct, so there's no way to enforce justice's compliance with ethics and recusal rules. I don't know why a Supreme Court justice can't be removed. This is me saying, speaking. I don't know why a Supreme Court justice can't be removed with, with, without a, uh, with a vote from the people. Make it a two-thirds vote, whatever. That would make it difficult. But something should... They Okay. They get appointed to the court for life without any way of removing them other than impeachment. There should be a way for the people to remove them. That's all I'm saying. Moving on. If you're going to if you if if you're going to not allow them to be elected and and you know, the Supreme Court is a political uh, uh, appointment. If you're not going to allow them to be elected, then there should be a way for them to be removed by the people, right? Anyway, moving on. Uh, Julie Sue was nominated in February for labor secretary. So why are corporations, especially in red states, spending millions of dollars uh, in advertisement and in uh, donations, campaign donations, to vote against her? 
Today, Bernie Sanders tweeted, why are corporations spending millions to defeat Julie Su's nomination as labor sec secretary? They know she's a champion of the working class and will take on the forces of corporate greed, illegal union busters, and improve working conditions. The Senate must confirm her nomination. Uh, Julie Su has devoted her life to fighting for workers' rights, holding exploitative employers accountable, leveling the playing field for the high road uh, for high road employers, and doing pioneering work to protect the most vulnerable of workers, according to, and that's according to progressive organizations. Industries opposed to her are spending big in states like Arizona, Kirsten Cinema, Montana, and West Virginia, hoping some current and former Democrats in the Senate will block her confirma confirmation. Of course, you know, West Virginia is easy. That's Joe Manchin. Um, and Joe Manchin has voted time and time again against labor. So, you know, no big deal there. Uh, Republicans will continue to vote for fascism because they believe corporations should have the power, not the people. I, you know what? Your vote really counts. It really counts, especially now. I mean, the things that are going on are scary. Scary. So earlier this week, we did the Glass, House, uh, Glass Houses story. You shouldn't throw stones, right? Uh, on uh, Tennessee House Speaker Cameron Sexton. But he wasn't the only one throwing rocks that should have probably not acted so overtly racist. Tennessee Representative Scotty Campbell, the vice chair of the state House Republican Caucus and the leader behind the effort last month to expel those three Democrats, resigned yesterday, weeks after a state House investigation found that he had sexually harassed and at least... Uh, at least one intern. Technically, he didn't resign after the investigation. We'll get to that. It probably would have just been swept under the rug had he not been such an angry white man. And boy, is he white. I, I should say, not all white people are bad. Some of my best friends are white. The, the three Tennessee lawmakers he tried to expel were not happy because they felt he should have been expelled long before he spearheaded the campaign to expel them. The State House Workplace Discrimination and Harassment Subcommittee alerted Speaker Cameron Sexton on March 29th that it had determined Campbell violated House policy by harassing a legislative intern, telling the GOP leader that, dis that discrimination in any form will not be tolerated. Instead of removing Campbell from his committee assignments, censuring him, or taking other actions to hold him accountable, House Speaker Cameron Sexton did not respond to the panel's findings and moved ahead later with an effort to expel the three Democrats after which only the black representative Jones and Pearsons were ousted. According to the investigation, Campbell made comments to legislative intern, uh, legislative intern about her and another 19-year-old intern about imagining they were performing sexual acts on one another. You know, wonder was it was it was it scissoring? 69? What was it? What was it? I want to hear.
<laughs> the legislative, uh, the legislature has also spent potentially thousands of dollars in taxpayer money to move one of the interns out of her apartment building where Campbell also lived and to place her in a downtown hotel for the remainder of her internship. Let's not even get into how horribly the victim was treated. If anything, Campbell should have been moved out. Why are you moving? She was a victim. Why are you? That's like firing a victim to protect her. Really? Yesterday, after the local news station broke the story, that's when Campbell stepped down. Uh, guess what? You're next, Speaker Sexton. Moving on. Uh, Tennessee isn't the only state with racist officials. Oklahoma isn't an okay state. No, it isn't. Ladies and gentlemen, it is 2023, and we're still dealing with this garbage. The uh, McCurtain Gazette News over the weekend. McCurtain, I think that's a county, right? Over the weekend, published the, the audio. Uh, it said was recorded following a board of commissioners meeting on March 6th. The paper said the audio of the meeting was, a, was legally obtained, but the McCurtain County Sheriff's Office said that it was illegally recorded and is investigating. The Sheriff's Office also said it believes the recording had been altered. Of course they would say that, right? In the recording... Sheriff's investigator Alice Manning spoke of needing to go near the newspaper's office and expressed concerns about what would happen if she ran into Willingham, the uh, a, a newspaper reporter, I guess. Right? Is that it? Anyway, the Oklahoma uh, the Oklahoman reported, citing additional reporting from the Gazette News. Uh, District Two Commissioner Mark Jennings said, "Oh, you're talking about uh, you can't control yourself." And Manning replied, yeah, I ain't worried about what he's going to do to me. I'm worried about what I might do to him. My pawpaw would have whipped his ass, would have whipped him and used him for toilet paper. If my daddy hadn't been run over by a vehicle, he would have been down there. I know where uh, uh, two big deep holes are here if you ever need them. Uh, that's McCurney County Sheriff uh, Kevin Clarity. The, she- uh, the sheriff allegedly said he had the equipment. Clarity said, I have an excavator, uh, which is a-, a digger, I guess you might call it. Uh, uh, he said, "I where is it? <laughs> I have an excavator. Jennings then said, well, these are already pre-dug. He was talking about, you know, his other, <laughs> his his plots. In other words, in other parts of the recording, officials expressed disappointment that black people could no longer be lynched. The governor called for the immediate resignations of McCurtain County Sheriff Kevin Clarity, District 2 Commissioner Mark Jennings, Sheriff's Investigator Alicia Manning, and Jail Administrator Larry Hendricks, all involved in the conversation. He also said he would ask the Oklahoma State Bureau of Investigation to look into the case. Governor Kevin Stitt said in a statement Sunday, I am both appalled and disheartened to hear of this horrid comments made by officials in McCurtain County. There is simply no place for such hateful rhetoric in the state of Oklahoma, especially by those that serve to represent the community through their respective office. 
I will not stand idly by while this takes place. Ouch. Moving on. Okay, so uh, remember the rush shooting with Alec Baldwin? All that time. And by the way, Alec Baldwin, the reason this this made so much news, uh, especially in right-wing media, was because Alec Baldwin is, is a very vocal progressive. He always has been. And he has toned down what he's been saying recently because of this. But now it's all different. Now it could be different. All that time, Alec Baldwin said the gun just went off and everyone questioned that possibility. Even the FBI said that couldn't happen. Now, because of new evidence, criminal charges filed against Alec Baldwin in connection with the fatal 2021 shooting of cinematographer um, Helena Hutchins on the set of the movie Rust will be dropped for now. The involuntary manslaughter charge against the famed actor and producer will be dismissed without prejudice, meaning it could be refiled at a later date. Uh, prosecutors uh, uh, Carrie Morrissey and Jason Lewis said, we cannot proceed under the current time constraints and on the facts and evidence turned over by law enforcement in its existing form. We therefore will be dismissing the involuntary manslaughter charges against Mr. Baldwin to conduct further investigation. This decision does not absolve Mr. Baldwin of criminal culpability and charges may be refiled. Uh, the new evidence centers on the revolver that discharged a live round while Baldwin was holding it, striking Hutchins and wounding director Joel Souza. The weapon had at some... Uh, by the way, he's directing. He's still directing the movie. They're shooting in, uh, uh, in Utah right now. The weapon had at some point been fitted with a new hammer, calling into question previous conclusions from the FBI crime lab that the weapon could not have been fired without the trigger being pulled. Suddenly, things are changing. Anyway. And, and this could also help uh, the, uh, the person in, uh, um, that was responsible for the armament because it's possible that it couldn't have been fired had the change in the hammer not been done. But we will see. We will see. Uh, because I, I think still two two people. Well, one person had uh, one person. The the um, was it the uh, the assistant director uh, has uh, pleaded and got six months probation, and the armor or armorer uh, is the one that is still going to court. Moving on to something that you're just gonna love, Mike Lindell. Yeah, I know he's a nutball. Uh, he, he has lost big and I mean, big, uh, he got proved wrong. Mike pillow, uh, my pillow CEO, Mike Lindell, a diehard supporter of Trump offered a $5 million reward to any cybersecurity expert who disproved his conspiracy theory about the 2020 U S presidential election. It was the prove me wrong, uh, prove Mike wrong challenge. To anyone who could debunk his false claim or have of having data showing Chinese meddling in the last pre presidential contest, Robert Ziedman, a 63-year-old software developer from Nevada, took the challenge and proved him wrong. I should probably first tell you, 
Robert Ziedman voted for Trump both in 2016 and 2020. This isn't some left-wing nut out to get $5 million. Lindell didn't pay, and Ziedman sued Lindell for breach of contract after the CEO refused to make good on his agreement. The publicity stunt did not require participants to disprove election interference. Contestants were only required to show that Lindell's data was unconnected to the 2020 election. Wednesday, Mike Lindell was ordered by an arbitration panel to pay up after Ziedman called his bluff. $5 million. Ziedman told the Washington Post that he was really happy with the panel's ruling. Uh, Speaking about the uh, arbitrators, he said, they clearly saw this as I did, that the data we were given at the symposium was not at all what Mr. Lindell said it was. And and the guy, the guy said, he, he, he was saying, he said, I looked at all this data and it was just garbage thrown into a big pile and it meant nothing. Meaning, what probably happened is Mike Lindell was given the data and said that this was proved it, and Mike Lindell said, oh, okay, I'm going to run with this. He probably didn't even look at it himself. <laughs> uh, he, anyway, uh, Ziedman said, the, f- the truth is finally out there. Lindell slammed the ruling in a text message to the Washington Post. They, he said, they made a terribly wrong decision. This will be going to court. Lindell is going to challenge it. Lindell is also the target of a, of a $1.3 billion defamation lawsuit filed by Dominion Voting System, which claims the CEO tried to increase my pillow sales. The company uh, gave discounts to customers using the code QAnon and fight for Trump by peddling Trump's big lie that Democrats stole the election. Okay. Let me just put this out there. Let me just put this out there. I just want to beg you... Mr. Lindell, I beg you, please don't settle with Dominion. You need to go to court and prove just how right you are. Don't give up, Mr. Lindell. Please keep fighting. (laughs) Okay. That's it. Thanks for listening. Friday, April 21st, 2023. Friday, April 21st, 2023. Man, do I appreciate you so much for coming every day. Really nice of you. Thank you. Uh, Bring someone with you if you can today or this weekend. PVTV, Political Views TV Podcast. That's what you Google to find me. I'll show up right at the top of the search. Tweet to me questions, insights, or come fight with me at Cyberclops, C-Y-B-E-R-C-L-O-P-S on the Twitter. Say hi. Send me a news story. Whatever. Uh, And remember... Always remember, government profit is measured by the betterment of the people. Don't you ever forget that. I'm Peter Lawrence, reporting from Los Angeles.